Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. I would be Bradshaw, and that would be the WWE Hall of Famer, Oklahoma's most legendary son, Mr. Gerald Briscoe. And this man, think about this, Papa Shango, comma, nation of domination, the godfather, some of the greatest characters in wrestling history, all played by one man. The reason he's a WWE Hall of Famer, but more importantly, I love this man like a brother. So excited to have him on. Godfather, Charles Wright, welcome to the show. Man, what's going on, you two? It's about time you had me on this show. <laughs> hey, Charles, man, we've been dying to have you on here, but you're such a busy man now. You know, you got all this stuff working for you, which we'll get into uh, a little bit later, but we wanted to build it up where we had some people out there that could appreciate uh, your style of it entertainment before we invited you on here so man welcome uh you you're one of john and i's best friends and all those characters that john named up i'm proud to say i was friends with every damn one of them oh man thank you i appreciate it i, I love both of you guys man. you guys are are two of my best friends out there in the business hey can you believe uh godfather that back in the day the attitude era the, right after 95 96 whenever that was it was me you Teddy Long and Ron Simmons riding in a full-size car all over the freaking country. And all four of us end up in the Hall of Fame. I don't think anybody would. <laughs> I think I think they would have guessed Ron. They would have guessed Ron would have made it, but I don't know about the other rest of us. Um, I never thought I would have made it, or Teddy, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> I, and, you know, I, I thought if I ever made it, they'd have to have a special, you know, because to put a pip in the Hall of Fame, I mean, you might have to have a special category for me. <laughs> Well, that, but, no, man, I, that was great time. Some of the greatest times I've had yeah. in the business was riding with you guys and all the stories. If we told half the stories that we really did, people wouldn't believe us. What, what, <laughs> no. what, a, what a carload of stories. I, I'm just going to just, we'll be jumping all over this, this, uh, this, uh, your career here. But, you know, one of the most famous stories we've had, uh, Teddy Long on here. We've had Ron Simmons on. We got, we got the time that we're, uh, Teddy left Ron in the blizzard. Was you was you present in the car that night? Was it one of the trips? I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, yeah, he uh, Godfather wasn't with us. Uh, he must have been uh, on a different show or something. That was up in uh, Massachusetts, and uh, Teddy thinks it was in, L- in in New York. I think it was Massachusetts. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, L.A. Yeah. Yeah, we've taken a lot of substances since then. So anyway, hell of a snowstorm in LA. I could believe there was a snowstorm like crazy, Godfather. And me and Ron get out to take a leak, and Teddy's mad at us because we're taking a leak, you know, every 30 minutes. You know how it is once you break the seal, you know, you gotta gotta go. 
So Teddy gets back in the car. I get back in the car. Teddy drives off and leaves Ron on the side of the road and leaves him there. And I said, what are you doing, Teddy? He goes, what do you mean, what am I doing? Would you shut up? Just drink your beer. I said, you left Ron on the side of the road. And he goes, huh? Ron sent me. He goes, where's Ron? <laughs> and he had, <laughs> what? He, had, he had to back up on the turnpike <laughs> about in half a mile in the snow. Ron's out there in a blizzard. And Ron's standing with his hand on his hip like this, got snow on his hair snow on his arm and he's sitting there just furious and teddy stops about 10 feet from him he goes man get out and tell ron that i did not do it on purpose so i rolled down the window i said can you believe teddy did that on purpose <laughs> i've never seen ron so bad i was gonna <laughs> say how ron how bad was Ron in the front or back what's that oh, he was in the back right yeah he was in the back yeah 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 he had we, to be we, the back. yeah yeah so i'm sure i can imagine how hot he was Oh, he got in the car. You know, he don't sell nothing. I mean, nothing. He got in the car and he wouldn't say a word. And it got actually uncomfortable by the time we got to the hotel. <laughs> I started joking about pulling over and letting him fight. And I realized Ron wasn't laughing. And I thought, you know what? I better shut up. Yeah, you Ron's going to kill. Ron's going to kill this man. I'm going to kill this man. <laughs> it was great. Boy, uh, I'm telling you, that's a we have some great uh, car stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we ever? One time, one time, Jerry, I, I'd tell this. And Godfather don't want it. I'll, I'll I can, I can tell this one. I'll, I'll delete it. Yeah, yeah. So, so Godfather was Intercontinental Champion, and we used to stay in some cheap hotels. And we're walking by the room, and we see Godfather in there, and he's got the Intercontinental belt on. And he's, you know, he's ripped at the time. You know, he's in great shape. And he's sitting there, and he's sizzling just a little bit, and he's butt naked huh. looking in the mirror at himself like at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So me and Ron. Sit there and just look at it. And he looks around and he goes, hey, guys. And just keeps looking. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Those, those <laughs> days, and it's a good thing we had those days back in there before all these cell phones and everything came out. Or, Whoa. Or, or none of us would have ended up in that. Whoa. <laughs> if, they had, if they had the internet and social media and cell phones and well, I remember when I started, they had just came out with uh, beepers, mm -hmm. you know, and pagers. They were like, why the hell would you want a pager? That means people can get a hold of you all the time. You know? I hated those things, yeah. And uh, people, boy, could you imagine what type of trouble <laughs> we would be in today <laughs> with, with cell phones and social media? Could you imagine what type of trouble just on a normal night <laughs> that we would be into? <laughs> Oh my God! I think one time with John, I think I drove to, to the front of a hotel, didn't I? In Chicago, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. He's driving us from somewhere, and and he's he's indulged just a little bit in the morning and something, and he's driving, and he turns into a hotel and almost drives right through the front big windows. I mean, literally right through the front big windows, and we're going stop, 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 and, and he looks around, he goes, oh yeah, yeah, windows, and he turns around. Now he's driving to Rosemont. <laughs> We get about half a mile, and he goes, guys, did you see me almost drive into those windows? I said, no, we weren't in the car. What? Yes, we saw you driving those windows. Ron goes, why are we letting him drive? Because <laughs> y'all are drinking. That's why I wasn't drinking. I was just listening. That's right. No, nobody was capable of driving. He was the best one able to. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. We were, I don't know where it was. It was someplace in the East Coast, and I was driving. And we were lost for a second, and I was smoking. 
do you remember me pulling up to a cop going across the street, the across yep. traffic, rolling down my window? I'm smoking. <laughs> the cop rolls down his window, looks at me, and I'm like, "Hey, man, do you know where 9092 is?" And he's like, "He just kind of points up <laughs> to the side, and we look up, and the side's right there." And I'm like, "All right, man, later, man, peace." And I keep smoking and leave. And you guys are just like, "What the?" <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, this cop, this cop just looked at it like, I'm not falling for this. I don't know what's wow. going on, but I'm not falling for this. And we just looked at it like, all right, nobody's doing this on purpose. And yeah. we're looking at him like, what are you, what are you doing? He drove to the cop, parked by the sign and asked where the sign was. Wow. <laughs> yeah, was great. Hey, hey, it's your Charles. John tells a great story. And I think it involved you in Las Vegas work. Uh, the, he got off the, uh, the escalator earlier and he saw a, a, a police officer with a, with a dog and he went over and asked the uh, police officer what kind of dog it was. Oh, and that's then, the airport. Then, yep. I was in the airport and found out it was yeah, a dog. Yeah, that's you, fucking Ron. Yeah, so <laughs> that's we, right. tell, tell, tell us your version of the story because we hear John all the time. We're, <laughs> My <laughs> version is... I think that we were riding together probably. I probably wouldn't. Back then, we had the rental cars, and usually we'd drop everybody off, and somebody would go drop the rental car off. So I probably dropped the rental car off. And so I come into the airport, and, you know, I've got some Smiths on me. And, <laughs> and they know that I have it on me. And so I'm walking through the airport, and I see Ron and John are talking to this cop with a dog. And I'm like, oh, oh man. And so I kind of turned the other way and started going that way. Then one of them goes, Godfather, hey, Godfather, come over here. And I'm like, oh, no, are these guys fucking crazy? What are they doing? You know, I'm thinking, oh, man, they're going to get me busted. And I'm like, are they crazy? Godfather, and I'm trying to act like I don't hear them. Godfather, Godfather. So I go over there. They're, what I can remember, they're like, yeah, this is awful, something like this, and that and that. And then John goes, this is his dog, whatever the dog's name was. He goes, he's a bomb-sniffing dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so good. You know, it I'm was like, so I'm good. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. people know this, but dogs are trained to smell only one thing. So they just marijuana, explosive, whatever it is. But he, thank God, he wasn't a marijuana. Yeah, these, those two rivers. Yeah, is that close to the story? Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's exactly that's pretty, what the story. Pretty close to the story. Oh yeah, oh, can you imagine? Funny, that? I was. <laughs> the funny part was Godfather trying to get away from us. He, he like, like he's not listening to us. I go, hey, there's okay. the Godfather. Well, we know it's a bomb dog. We know it can't smell drugs. Uh, <laughs> but Godfather doesn't know that. He, he's like ignoring us. I go, God, no, Godfather, come here, come here, come here. That dude, that, oh, man. Yeah, Rivers. Time, we're, we're in Florida one time, and me and Ron are driving down the road. We see you and Visceral pulled over by a cop with a dog. And so we pull over and think, oh, man, we got to help him out. So we get out, and there's this cop there talking to you. And you go, hey, man, this guy recognized me and Vistro. want to take a picture. He goes, here's the APA. You want to take a picture? So me and Ron say, hey, Godfather, listen, uh, we'll take a picture of you guys. Go on. And the, the guy has a dog in his back in his back uh, seat, and the dog's going, oh! <laughs> 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 And he's wagging his tail. He's scratching at the window. He's trying to get out, and the cop looks around. He goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, my dog recognizes you too." Like, Ron, Ron goes, "Charles, get out of here! Get out of here!" The guy's just taking pictures. <laughs> I, uh, I remember we, me and Vista were. That's when Vista was ridding. Remember those big expeditions? 
Yeah, yeah, you know, sure did. A big forge. And so uh, Viss was riding by himself. And so I'd be like, come on, Viss, I'll, I'll jump in with you. So he was, I was smoking and he was, he had a Halliburton, you know, a briefcase that people don't know what a, it's a stainless steel <laughs> briefcase that when you think you got a little money, you buy. Yeah, so, every, every, every wrestler makes a first thousand dollar paycheck by the Halliburton. Yeah. And so Visser is rolling a blunt on the, uh, on the, on the Halliburton and I'm driving smoke and all of a sudden the cop passes us and looks at me, hits it, hits behind us and hits the lights. I'm like, oh shit. As Vista was rolling, and uh, it was a canine <laughs> unit, but yeah, just like John said, it's how it happened. And so uh, I, yeah, and believe me, the cop, I thought, I thought he smelled it, but maybe he didn't. But I mean, <laughs> the dog was going crazy, and he's like, "Oh yeah, my dog's a wrestling fan too. He recognized you guys." Howling, <laughs> and I, but I know I don't care what anybody. That like, like, cop smelled it. He just let me go. He let it fly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it. And the and the poor dog was like, "Come on, you gotta uh, let me out! I've hit the I've hit the mother yeah, load." The dog's like, that. "The dog's going into convulsions." Yeah. Or give me a treat or something. <laughs> oh my god! One time uh, we, we got we're down. I think we're down in Florida. I don't know. I get all my states mixed up. We're we're coming up to a a toll booth or something. There's a cop there, and you asked Mister mainly. Said, now listen, nobody's carrying, right? And me and Ron were in the back. He was you and Viscera for whatever reason. Teddy wasn't with us. And he, everybody goes, no, 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 we're fine. As soon as we get up there, Viscera realizes we're going to get stopped. Viscera turns to you and goes, I got to admit, I'm carrying. And I thought you were going to kill him. <laughs> I ask uh, you, I ask you. I'm a- <laughs> but I always said, if I ever got pulled, you knew this. I, I would, if I even came close to it, I would eat it or throw it out or something. I, anyway, uh-huh. uh, uh, just. Charge, why, charge. Do my, why do all my, why do all my stories involve smoking? Hey, well, 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 I want to tell. I want to. Okay, I'd love to tell that. Tell one more, and this is a great one. I, and I was in, I was in a party waiting to get on an elevator once. There was Vince McMahon, myself, Linda McMahon, and I believe Shane and probably Bruce were at WrestleMania. We're coming down, and our, our, we're getting ready to get on an elevator. All of a sudden, the elevator door opens. And we can, Bruce and I and everybody else could kind of smell the smell coming down that elevator shaft. But we're not thrilled. We're not thinking, you know, it's one of these hotels with 50 elevators. So we don't, we're not sure which elevator it is, of course. All of a sudden, the doors uh, fly open. Out comes this cloud of smoke. And behind this cloud of smoke is Godfather and three of his homies <laughs> in that elevator. And Vince just looks at him and said, Charles, we'll take the next elevator. Thank you. <laughs> I tell that story. I, I tell that story all the time. That is so true. Uh, it was me. You remember, I don't know if you remember Big Worm, but God, he, he passed away. But we used to just smoke like that. And I remember that elevator opening up and all you guys were there. And Vince is going, Charles. I think we'll take the next one. <laughs> God bless them for you know what? God bless you guys are them for always letting me be me because man, they put up with a lot from me. <laughs> hey, hey, Jerry! One time you called me, and it was during the brawl for all. And Godfather is about to fight Dan Severn, who won the UFC, <laughs> the UFC champion. I mean, it's actually the greatest fighter in the world, at least at one point. It yeah. still is. And he goes, where's Godfather? I go, you don't want to know. He goes, no, yeah. he's not. I go, yeah, he is. He was back there with his boxing gloves up and smoking a joint. I go, yeah. <laughs> about to fight the UFC champion. 
we're sitting there going, that's the toughest dude on the planet right there. Yeah. And, <laughs> that and, and that's, a, that's a funny side trying to say a 300-pound man with boxing gloves, oh. gloves smoke, hold a joint and boxing gloves, oh. you know, with those big, thick uh, thumbs in that, that the pad, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Oh, so great. No, no, man. Oh, man. Uh, so many, I, I just start thinking. Then when Teddy was riding with us, we had so many, we had such good times and just crazy things, man. Crazy. I I, I used to uh I was known for drinking. I, when I when I smoke, I'm a lot more mellow than when I drink. And even not that I'm the bully or anything, but when I'm drinking. You got to watch out if my shirt comes off, because if my shirt comes <laughs> off, I'm there. You think? <laughs> you think? <laughs> Didn't we have in an Albu incident at a bar one night, a country bar or something? Oh, it's in Albuquerque. We go to some little country bar just to have some beers. And Godfather gives me, reads me and Ron the ride act before we walk in. Now, listen, there's going to be a bunch of rednecks here, a bunch of cowboys. Don't get into a fight, okay? Because they all gang up on us. Don't get into a fight because they're all looking for a fight. It's okay, fine. So me and Ron are sitting there, and the owner comes by, manager, whoever he was, and says, uh, could you talk to your friend, please? And, and I look, Ron's right beside me, and I thought, well, he's got to be talking about Godfather. So I look out on the dance floor. Godfather's got his shirt off. Every cowgirl <laughs> in there is dancing with him, and all the cowboys are just standing around, and you can you see them going, if he gets a little drunker. We're going to jump his big ass. <laughs> you can tell. They were so mad. And he's just out there just dancing, shirt off. <laughs> one did, of did, the bouncer, did somebody tell you to tell me to put my shirt back on or something? Oh, yeah. The bouncer the bouncer told me to because the owner came up, manager, wherever he was. Then the bouncer came up, goes, listen, man, just I know who you are. Just tell him to put his shirt on. I said, you tell him to put his shirt on. <laughs> he ain't going to listen to us. <laughs> it was great. So oh, that, that, that that was a story's going to the ring. Now now, now we gotta get to the ring. You know? yeah. So so okay, so you know your your story, uh, Charles. I mean, a lot of people, you know, they just look at Papa Shago and, and Nation of Domination, and of course the Godfather and the Kama and Kama Mustafa, all all those characters like we talked about before. But before that, you you were making the highways and the roadways. Was you really trained by Larry Sharp at the Monster Factory, a great Larry Sharp? Uh, yes, I, I was. When I got into wrestling, um, I had made a call to because I knew that somebody had knew Bam Bam Bigelow. They're like they suggested you go talk to this guy. So I got a hold of Larry. I was training there, but unfortunately, I did more drinking there than I did training. That's Larry, <laughs> and. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler see me. So after just a few months there, I mean, maybe three, four months at the most, and uh, I'm doing more drinking and partying than I am in the ring. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler see me and he offered me a job. <laughs> and so my very first match ever, my very first match ever, no practice match. Wow. I knew how to lock up and do a drop down toehold because I was there <laughs> that day they were working on that. Right. <laughs> I Get through a punch. You were, you I get through were a punch. Sober that day. Yeah. So, hey, with Larry Sharp wasn't no better. He was <laughs> he was leading into this. <laughs> and so, uh, my very first match was against Jerry the King Lawler in Memphis on a Monday night. And if you're a wrestling fan, that's a big thing. Oh, yeah. And huge, uh, huge. I beat him. I beat him uh, in the middle of the ring. One, two, wow. three. My very first match after wow. being in the, in the school. Yeah, man. 
And you know what just, else that shows, Charles, is that shows how good Jerry Lawler is. Yeah. yeah. You know, because he was able yes. to take you and see, for one, see great talent, which is true, but also to be able to get you through a match and yeah. you never having one. Never. And he, yeah. nobody told and he did, we didn't practice. He asked me to throw a punch at him. He asked me to throw a kick. He goes, just listen to me. I'll get you through it. He goes, just do everything I tell you to do. And that's, I did everything he told me to do. And they were good matches for yeah. what they were. Yeah. That just, shows how creative and great he is. I mean, he can exactly. probably work with a broomstick. Well, you know, that <laughs> John, and I, John and I talk about that a lot, about, you know, these guys. I mean, you know, we have – you were an athlete. You played football at the University of Nevada. Was that at Reno or that, that uh, Las Vegas? Reno. And then Reno. I played basketball, too, okay. in college. My, I got a nephew, a grand-nephew, that's a starting right tackle at the uh, University of uh, Nevada, Reno, right now. It's the second. Really? The second, yeah. Yeah, Jacob Gardner, number seven. My son. Wait, my, I have a, my son has his freshman year. My youngest son is there now. He's a freshman there. Well, I'm sure he knows Jacob. Jacob, Jacob started as a true freshman. He's 6'6", six, six, weighs 305 when he wow. was 18 years wow. old. and. He, he he walked in. He was starting right tackle, and they, I think he missed one game his freshman year because of COVID. But he started every game, and they got a heck of a program out there with a great coach out there. So tell tell you tell your son to, to look him up. I he will. Probably, yes. uh, My probably, son's first year there. Yeah. My son's six seven, but he's only about one hundred and ninety. Yeah. How old? Your oldest son is about six eight, isn't he? No, that is your oldest. My oldest son. No, my not, my youngest son is the tallest. Is my youngest. That's the one. My yeah, other sons didn't know. get yeah. my height. So they both athletic. They well, obviously one is. You know football. what? Uh, they were all athletic, but uh, none of them really. You know, were looking to go play college sports. Nothing. My youngest son, who's like six seven, he told me, "Dad, I can make more money writing computer programs than I can play." And yeah, I'm like, you know, uh, how good, to. good kid, good grades, uh, great kid. So God bless him, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, so Charles, anyway, one, one thing I didn't right. know was until I watched uh, I watched this morning the Broken Skull with Steve Austin, which was that was fantastic. What oh, a great cool. what a great show. Uh, but I knew you were a great basketball player. You, you went to University of Nevada, University of uh, Nevada, Reno on a full football scholarship, having never played it down a football. Right. Never. Besides That's crazy. Football. Uh, yeah. That's crazy to me. So you were you were like mid peninsula, uh, all, all the conference, all that stuff. Where you, when you were in high school, you go to play uh, basketball. You get big lifting weights. You find out you're very strong, and then they sign you to play football, not having played one down of football. Not right? one down of football. Did I've never had a football outfit on? Uh, a guy by the name of Charles Mann who plays for the Washington Redskins. Sure. Yeah. Uh, guy yeah. by Derek Kennard who played for the Cowboys. Uh, Tony Sandehouse, he was a place kicker. I uh, That's a whole other story that you ever want to hear. I got kicked out of a dorm. I got <laughs> kicked out of a dorm for doing some crazy stuff. And uh, they put me in with these guys in the house. And so they taught me how to put everything. I didn't know anything, man. I didn't know anything about that. And, yeah, I was a basketball player that always wanted to play football. I always wanted to play football. But my mom and dad wouldn't let me. And they wouldn't sign the papers. They said, you're going to get hurt. We don't want you to get hurt. Play <laughs> basketball. So I played basketball like a football player. And I was very physical. Even I was, even though I wasn't as big as I am now, I was strong. I was always strong. And I, this is no um, – my senior year, I averaged 20 points and 20 rebounds a game. Wow. Wow. And we had a thing called CYD, can you dunk? I averaged like four dunks a game. Something people don't know. I was also a high jumper. 
I jumped wow. six eight in high school. I jumped six wow. eight in high school. I was a leaper. Oh. And then so anyway, when I I get a football a basketball scholarship in California, I go there and now I start hanging out with football players who I always hung out with, lifting weights. I went from one ninety to like two fifty in six months, and that's just filling out. So long story short, football coach from the basketball school that I went to went to UNR and they told Coach Alt, Chris Alt. He goes, hey, I got this kid. He's a hell of an athlete. Da, da, da. They flew me to Reno, put a basketball in my hand. Now I'm now I'm like, uh, I'm, uh, you know, 290. I'm bench pressing 400 pounds. <laughs> and I'm grabbing a basketball, doing 360s and dunking behind my head. They gave me a full-ride scholarship because Coach Salt said he's had success with tackles, <laughs> offensive tackles being good athletes. And wow. so I was a right tackle. They made me a right tackle. Uh, how, how did you like playing once you got into playing? Did, did you enjoy I like it like you thought you would? But, uh, halfway through the season, I blew out my knee. Yeah. And difficult. I tore my medial collateral. I'd done anterior cruciate damage. And back then, man, they used to just rip you open. And, yeah. you know, and my leg never recovered. And things went kind of not downhill, but things kind of changed. Because at that point, I start going to strip clubs. And I start <laughs> body guard for strippers and i start hanging around strippers and you know i start you know things kind of changed after the uh, godfather was being born yeah basically about about 20 years old is when i became kind of the godfather 1920 (laughs) and then how did you end up in a gang riding a harley i moved to uh i was working in uh California in a trucking company making like three after taxes, $300 a week. I mean, it's a long time ago. This is 83. And so, uh, I, I, you guys might not, you guys know that I like country music. Okay. This oh, yeah. is the first yeah. year. So the, the NFR used to be in Oklahoma city every year. Right. Okay. They moved it to Vegas and I always wanted to go to the, the, the rodeo. And so when it came to Vegas, I'm like, man, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to go see the rodeo. So I, I drove my, I had a 55 Ford pickup. I drove my 55 Ford pickup here. It was a badass truck. And I went to a club and a guy goes, Hey, uh, I went to a club. I'm like, working to drink cheap. So they sent me to this club and a guy came up to me and goes, Hey, uh, are you a bear from Reno? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, dude, I, you, I, I was a recruit there. You took me to a, the Mustang ranch. You took me here. You took me there. He goes, then you did this. And then you threw a guy out a window on the second floor of a, a, a park. And I'm like, Oh, you're that guy. Right. So he goes, anyway, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You threw a guy out of a window in the second floor. We got to hear that. (laughs) Some places that's against the law. So we're playing dominoes. We're playing. All right. So I have, we're playing dominoes in a, 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 one of the dorm rooms that I was in. Right. And so, uh, I'm on the fourth, I'm on the third floor. They're on the second floor. So we're being loud. It's a school night. So somebody calls my room, tells me to be quiet. They call my room again, tell me quiet. I'm like, listen, MF, you call me one more time. I'm going to come down there and beat your (laughs) ass, hang up the phone. So all of a sudden I get one more call. And then now some, somebody's like, listen, you black son of a bitch. If you don't turn, that music down i'm gonna come up there and kick your black ass and this and that that this i've stormed down there to the guy's room kicked down the door mugged him up a little bit and it was a screen door with a little patio i threw him through the screen door hard as i could and he went over the balcony to the ground (laughs) 
Okay. So now it's get crazy. Oh man. I go to my room and then I find out it wasn't the guy that the guy that called me was Charles Mann. He had snuck out no. of the room and said, Hey buddy. So yeah, they're playing a rib on me, not thinking that I was going to go down there and do that. So can you imagine being the guy in that room? All of a sudden this big black guy come busted through the door, bugging you up. Anyway, that got me thrown out of the dorms. The worst thing is when they threw me out of the dorms, they gave me a stipend. And so then they put me in a house with a bunch of crazy dudes and they were giving me a stipend of so much money a week. And plus you could eat at the, the, the cafeteria and you had the foot. Dude, that was, I mean, and then I, and then I was hurt. So I wasn't going to practice. And then I, like I said, I started working in strip clubs. At maybe 19 years old, I was bouncing in strip clubs and, and on the weekends and uh, bouncing for strippers while they do their private parties. The Godfathers, like you guys know me, you guys know that I was close to being the Godfathers you could possibly be. <laughs> we look, Charles, we knew when the Godfather <laughs> first debuted, we knew that was <laughs> this. There's no pretense, there's no acting. No, this no. is Charles no. Wright. We do one hundred percent. There's people Johnny that must, walk. But, there's people that walk in the dressing room that you look at and say, "Man, you know, I I could rib him all day, or I I could mess with that guy all day long, you know." And and I I'm not worried about it. Then there's other guys that walk in the dressing room. You look and say, "I better keep my mouth shut." And you were one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! This is such great times, man. This this. Just such great times back then. So, so your motorcycle I, days. Uh, oh, so um, any um, so when I came to Vegas, um, the first I had a Harley, and so I wanted I didn't have any tattoos, and I always wanted to get a tattoo. So this is like '84. Oh, anyway, that that guy that was uh, that I went to the bar, he had said that my dad owns a strip club out here called the Crazy Horse. He goes, and the guys are making three, four hundred dollars a day. I wasn't making that a week, and he goes. Come down. He goes, if you move to Vegas, he says, my dad will give you a job and you can make some money. I went home, told my wife, pack up. We're moving to uh, Vegas. And so we moved to Vegas. I started working that day as a, a bouncer. Um, uh, the two guys that were bartenders got fired for beating somebody up real bad. So they made me a bartender right away. And then I was a manager from, from like 86 on. I was never a bouncer. I bounced, but I was either a manager or an, and at the end, a part owner. But and then when you got anyway, so I was there. I wanted to get tattooed, and so I went to uh, this tattoo shop and got tattooed. And I start meeting more cool people, and we formed a club. And we were all like six five, three hundred pounds. It was called the Thugs. We were jokingly saying it was tattooed humans under God's supervision. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, man, I rode with this club for a while and we wore, and if you guys know anything about motorcycles, we wore red and white, which is, is sacrilegious, if you know what I mean. That's a Hell's Angel thing. But they were cool with us. And then uh, actually, at the end, most of the guys in the group became Hell's Angels. Uh, I got into wrestling at that point. They all became Hell's Angels. But yeah, man, I was, I was like a hardcore, serious, hardcore biker. Uh, and the way you got discovered was they're filming over the top, right? The arm wrestling movie with uh, Sloan and Scott Flash Norton. And those guys discovered you in the bar, right? 
They're the ones that said, hey, you should be coming. And dude, I was big then. Now I'm powerlifting. Now I'm 340, 350. And I'm, I mean, I'm big now. <laughs> and so uh, they're like, you should do wrestling. I'm like, really? And they're like, well, you ever hear the guy named Bam Bam Bigelow? Because I'm tatted up now. Got a lot of tattoos. And he, I go, yeah. And I go, well, he made this much money last year. I'm like, how much? <laughs> so that's what got me into it. Is that they said a guy named Larry Sharp trained him. So I, that, there you go. I called Larry Sharp. Larry Sharp said, if you get yourself out here, I'll put you up. Because you couldn't send a picture back then or anything. You know, Like right. today, you can just send a picture of yourself. Right. And when Larry picked me up at the airport, I just see his eyes go. <laughs> <laughs> was that <laughs> big black guy with tattoos. Was that Scott the Scott Norton? Was he the one that you talked to? Was no, I don't, I don't think also? so. There was a lot of extras in that movie, and some yeah. of them were wrestlers. I just didn't know. I don't, I, you know, I'd have to go back and see it, but they were just wrestlers, mostly job guys, but they were wrestlers. Yeah. So, Jerry, one so, time, go ahead. John. One time, Jerry, we're in uh, East St. Louis. It's me and Godfather, uh, Undertaker, Barry Windham. It's one probably of my two places. <laughs> yeah 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 we spent a month there that night <laughs> it, was, uh, <laughs> it was fun so about two o'clock in the morning godfather who i knew pretty well and i met him in europe when he wrestled when he came over to do a shot for auto when i was working for oh, that's auto. right he, he worked for auto before yeah he worked come over worked with uh uh luke point rambo one time and ludwig borgo one time i think i was there for the i don't remember i think luke, luke i remember luke, meeting I think. you there i remember having a little yeah, conversation yeah. with you yeah, we had a good time there in uh, Bremen. I think it was Bremen or Hanover, one of the two. And uh, so uh, Godfather looks over at me and goes, I think I can take you. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, <laughs> take me where? And he goes, take you. I think I can kick your ass. And I said, okay. Uh, he goes, let's Why? step outside. <laughs> let's step outside. I go, oh, come on. <laughs> so he goes, let's step outside. I go, I, I want to make put on record, I'm against this. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm going to, damn it. Okay, I'll go. So we go outside and I think, good grief, man. It's a big guy. It's going to be a hell of a fight. This may not end well for me. I'm not sure what's going to happen here. <laughs> so I walk, I walk out there, just me and him. And as soon as I get out there, before I can move, he hugs me and pulls me in. He goes, I love you. I just wanted to see if you'd come out here. <laughs> I love man, it. I love it. <laughs> he had to test him, Charles. <laughs> and it was funny because we, we sat out there and just started BSing for a while, yeah. laughing and joking and stuff. But we were out there a while. And uh, finally, Taker just kind of with his cool self just kind of comes and looks out the back just to see what's going on. Because we went out there <laughs> and nobody knows what we're doing. He goes, oh, okay, cool. He closed the door back. <laughs> it was all done. <laughs> and we've been following for friends ever since we met. Yeah. People don't know that the, the Godfather was kind of, it was started with me and you. That's where we started that gimmick. That's right. In, in the popcorn match. And, and it had nothing to do with the <laughs> WWE or F, whichever it was at the time. It was just me and you were in the popcorn match. Me and Johnny were beating hey, the hell hey, out hey, of each hey, other. Hey, hey, explain <laughs> to all of our listeners a popcorn match. Exactly. What a popcorn, the popcorn match is the match right after an admission, which is, basically a match to put in some time for people to get back to their seats. Sorry, my phone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's, it's put, probably put it one on of the do least, not disturb. Yeah, it's probably one of the least important matches on the card. Yeah, that's right. You're just trying to get people back in the seat, get ready for the main event. People back in the, that's why it's called the popcorn match. So me and Johnny are wrestling popcorn match, and we're beating the hell out of each other. I mean, oh, we're going every at night. It every night, and people are just sitting on their hands, man. Yep. And they're not react. We're getting no reaction. They didn't give a shit about him. They didn't care about me. 
They were getting no reaction. So one night I said, I went to Jack Lanza and I kind of been thinking about things with my wife about trying this. And then we talked to John. I'm like, let's try something different tonight. And so uh, I went out there and uh, Jack gave me the okay. And I went out there and grabbed the mic. People, you know, they didn't care. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm a pimp. And then the kid kind of kept because I said, but what you don't know is right here in St. Louis, man, you got some of the best hoes ever born. And now the people are kind of popping. I'm like, how do I know? Because there's one of my old hoes. You know, anyway, we go through the whole thing. So I would, I would, we didn't even have any girls. We didn't even have any girls. No. I said, John, right now in the back, in a limo, I got five of the finest hoes you ever seen. I said, these hoes will do anything your crazy behind wants to do. And I know you, I know how crazy you are, you know? <laughs> and I said, all you have to do is turn around, walk out. Okay. And you do, you, all you have to do is take the hose, man. Just walk out, give me the match, take the hose. And so, you know, John's looking around and, and the crowd's chatting, take the hose. Yeah. Take yeah. the hose. Take <laughs> the, the first night. The first night them. they're chanting, take yeah. the hose. Oh. Now, okay. You're take the hose, take the hose. So I'm like, man, they're telling you what to do. When those sisters must beat the hell out of each other. They're telling you what to do. And so he takes the girls. He, he starts out, you know, he goes like he's going to go to the girls. All of a sudden, I get the mic and I kind of start healing on the crowd. You know what? Another dumb redneck followed for my da 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 do you know? And they start booing me again. So all of a sudden, Johnny turns around. My back's to him. He comes to the ring. And mind you, I already had all the hats and stuff. I was wearing that anyway. He comes to the ring, hits me with that clothesline. One, two, three, leaves. I pop up, grab the bike and say, man, pimping ain't easy. And the place <laughs> pops. So we went from getting no reaction in 10 minutes for killing each other, for doing nothing for 10 minutes and having them the whole time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And the that whole thing was that one night. That's how the whole thing, things that's right. are born. And, and it developed that after that godfather started developing it the whole time i would sell whatever he was saying i'd be take the hose not take the hose but it, that's right we you know attitude era was hot and then yeah. you had the big match before uh intermission then you would have the popcorn match to get them back in their seats to get ready for the main event we we beat i mean we it was as physical as you could believe for about 10 minutes <laughs> we just, and we're <laughs> trying so hard and when he started doing that godfather stuff I'm sorry, like, this is so easy. <laughs> it was just awesome. <laughs> and after a like, Jerry, after a while, they switched it. Where now I'd come in because Godfather was getting over and he had ducked the clothes on and hit me with the hoe tray. And he'd go over. <laughs> so one one night, Jerry, we're working and none of this has gotten on TV yet. And so Godfather, I said, hit me with the hoe train. He goes, No, no, we'll do it tomorrow. I said, You're going over. Hit me with the hoe train. <laughs> he said, don't get hot. I remember that. I, remember, I, remember that. I was probably, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Intermission yeah. was good to him. Intermission, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to call a finish. He's going, I oh, will do it tomorrow. Yeah, I said, I will do it tomorrow. You're beating me. You're finished, dumbass. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's all the more reason being on a popcorn match, right? <laughs> Intermission. That's right. <laughs> well, we used to have, but we used to yeah. beat the hell out of each other, yeah. man. It's just no yeah. reaction whatsoever. Yeah. That was wow. crazy. Wow. Yeah. Charles, Charles, back in your old age, Memphis after Lawler. I mean, that's an incredible story about Lawler because he uses a story about Lawler. He brings in a guy and he videotaped beating him. He's got a videotape <laughs> library, probably second to none of him beating every superstar ever, ever stepped in a squared circle. And you're one of the few exceptions there. 
But is that where you first started meeting Stone Cold and Mark Calloway and, and that group that you became friends with and fellow Hall of Famers with later on in life? Um, after me and Jerry's program was done, <clears throat> they didn't know what to do with me because I was so green. They had no idea what to do with me. And so uh, they said, well, Jerry said, we're going to bring this tall, redheaded kid in to work with you. And uh, he's pretty green, too, but we're going to see what happens. Uh, his name is um, uh, what was, his name was Punisher, the, the master of pain. His name's the master of pain. And so who courses the undertaker, Mark Calloway. So Mark shows up and I said, now, mind you, I'm used to dealing with big white bikers, you know, that are kind of racist and prejudiced and I'm quick to hit. So I'm sizing Mark up when I'm like, all right. I'll take and he's a clean cut kid. He's clean time, cut, right? but he's big. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's big. Like, he's six, eight, six, nine, three, 20. He's big. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to deal with this. Cause I'm used to dealing with these white biker dudes. And we had a match and the match was so terrible that uh, <laughs> mostly because of me, that they put us together as a tag team. And then uh, me and Mark became good friends. And that's when Stone Cold came in. I mean, so many of the guys came in back then. I mean, every, anybody who is anybody who is anybody has gone through Memphis back in the right. day. Like Jerry said, <laughs> uh, he's probably got a tape just about from Hogan to Rocky yeah. to Stone Cold to Andre to everybody of him beating you. Yeah. Andre, me, Jack. <laughs> yeah, but you God bless him, man. He's, yeah. he's great. Yeah. And, yeah, he he, drew, he, and he drew for years and years and years and still drawing in that damn town, man. Yeah, he's, he's, still the, working. He, he's the king. Yeah, he's the king. He, he is the king. Uh, that that was the, that was good times back then in those territories. Yeah. Too bad yeah. they don't have territories like that anymore, yeah. you know? Because you were working, you were driving a lot, but we were working five days a week, every week. You were driving a lot, but you were learning so much driving in those damn cars too you know that, that was the secret of success back in those days just you know getting a car full of guys that you know that you respected and just listen to their stories listen to their matches how they put things together and just formulating a whole whole stratosphere on, on how the business operates so we were so fortunate to have that time it's mm -hmm. too bad the guys today don't have that but it's a different business but yeah we were lucky to be part of that and when i talk with Undertaker now, we very seldom talk wrestling, but if we do talk wrestling, it's usually about those Memphis days or those uh -huh. older days when we were riding in the cars, uh -huh. making $50 a night, driving 200 miles, sleeping, you know, taking, putting four people on two beds and taking the tops off of the beds, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you right. had no money. I remember uh, Wendy's yeah. being one of the first restaurant, fast food restaurants that had a buffet. Uh, that you could get, you know, different things. And I remember going to Wendy's and Taker buying and going to eat and me going to the bathroom, him going to the bathroom, giving me the receipt, me eating, and then dirty white boy going in there because we had no money. We already right. had enough money for gas. <laughs> We're driving 200 miles from Nashville to Memphis for $50, $60, and then driving 200 miles back because we can't afford a hotel. So, I mean, but those are the times and the stories that we talk about today. Yeah. Those were the best times, man, when we were starving. And, and I heard, I saw this uh, broken skull that Dutch Mantel fired you one time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Lawler and said, no, we're not firing. <laughs> I think Dutch took a little bit of uh, initiative and he decided, you know, Dutch, hey, so I'm oh, yeah. soul taker. <laughs> I, I, I hey, so uh, we don't have to, I'm sorry, but... Uh, uh, we're going a little bit direction. We're going to have to finish you up. Uh, 
you know, but we're going to give you two weeks and, you know, and wish you best. Perfect. Damn. And so, uh, <laughs> so I go to whoever I like, oh yeah, man, what's going on? My like, man, they just finished me up. And then it was Jerry. I think it was, either, it was, I think it was Jerry Lawler. He goes, who finished you up? Uh-huh. And I said, Dutch just told me, it was, no, it was Jerry Jarrett. It was Jerry Jarrett. He says, who finished you up? I said, Dutch finished me up. He goes, no, no, you're not finished. I, no, I'll take care of that. <laughs> and I never said nothing to Dutch until later on when he was, because I, I left not, not too long after that. When he was in WWF, that's what I, I I brought it up to him, you know. He's like, well, you know, so we, you were green. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just, he wanted to get one of his boys in there. <laughs> Dutch, Dutch is the best. He always has always has a story for everything. It was it was so freaking entertaining. Oh, I like. Hey, I, I have nothing against him. I, I I'm cool with him. Yeah. Hey, well, the story you told on Broken Skull, but you never went into it. It was about the snowstorm where you you wrecked the car, but you never told what happened. So Taker and you are in a snowstorm. You're from Vegas. You've never driven in the snow. Taker says you drove ten feet. You say you drove ten yards. But what what happened? <laughs> Like I said, we're living in Nashville and we, it was a blizzard outside. And we, back then there's no cell phones. There's no, none of that to have contact with people. So we drove from Nashville to Memphis, which is 200 miles. And we get there and Mr. Coffee, you remember Mr. Coffee? Mr. Coffee says, Hey guys, sorry, but the show's been canceled. We're like, Oh hell. Now we have no money. Mind you, we we only have enough money for gas. And so we're like, well, hell, we got to get back to Nashville. So it's a blizzard outside. So Taker's like, it's me, Taker, Dirty White, Tony Anthony, Dirty White Boy, and, and Kim, Dirty White Girl. And uh, we're like, we got to get back to Nashville. Let me, Taker's like, let me drive. You're from Vegas. You don't know. So Taker's driving us, and Taker gets us about two, three hours out. And it's bad. It's a blizzard. There's cars. There's semis. There's people on the side of the road. I mean, it's, it's crazy how we shouldn't even be driving out there. So all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, take. I want to drive. <laughs> Taker goes, no, big man, big dog. Taker calls me bear. No, bear. I got it, man. I've got it this far. You're not used to this. Hey, it's my car. I want to drive. <laughs> no, let me keep driving. We're on an hour out. I can get us home. I said, I want to drive. All right, man. So we pull over. I get in the car. Taker says 10 feet. I say 10 yards. <laughs> I get before I put the car into a spin <laughs> off, the, off the side of the road, down into a ravine, over a cliff, hanging. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, I just kind of wow. look at him and say, don't say nothing, man. <laughs> and, yeah, that, yeah, that was that. That happened. And then it just got worse from there, believe me. It got The police finally rescued us. And so was, they put the four of us in the back of a cop car. We put all of our money together. We got a one bedroom that was like $30 in Bucks North, Tennessee or something. And uh, we all just kind of just made it through it. I text my wife. She, uh, it's, what was it called? Moneygram or something Graham back then. And they, she, it's, it was Instagram, not Moneygram, whatever. They, they sent money. She sent some money just so we could have enough gas to get home. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who, who was the person that first ended up calling you for WWE? Uh, you, you went up there and then you became uh, Papa Shango first, right? And went down. And, what I thought was cool is you went down to New Orleans to research voodoo. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is, that's pretty cool. How long did you stay down in New Orleans? And who was the first one I was to call there you? A week or so. I, I don't really remember. I was there for a minute. You know, that was my idea. Like, let me go out there. So they flew me out there. And I was just, I, I, I kind of did everything else on my own. There were so many little places. And I just kind of got a car and would go to these different places and talk to people and kind of tell them what I was doing and got some symbols. And I got a lot of uh, data to give back to Vince and everybody and creative. And we went with it. But all the stuff that I was wearing and all the symbols and the curses and the thing, that was all real stuff. It, you know, it was the stuff I was making up. There were real signs. And, you know, I'm not a voodoo priest. But, uh, you know, it, it was real authentic what I was doing and the words that I was saying, because I was a biker. I had no idea how to become a voodoo man from a biker. Believe me. <laughs> you know, and so it was rough. I, mean, I don't know if you remember, Jerry, but my very first match, uh, Chief Jay Strongwell was in charge of it. Right. And so I go out there and I do the match and I come back and he goes, what was that? I'm like, what do you mean? What was that? He goes, you're a voodoo man. You're out there wrestling like you're the soul taker. And so they had to take all my paint off and we had to do it again. He goes, right. I want you out there shaking. And I've never dawned on me to do any of that stuff. And so that's why I started shaking my head. He goes, no, no. So yeah, I had no idea. I tried, I did wow. the best I could, but believe me, it was hard because I'm as far away yeah. from a voodoo man at that point as you could be. <laughs> One of the greatest stories about Chief J was with uh, Owen, if you remember, uh, when Chief J pulled Owen aside, he goes, hey, Owen, would you do that in a shoot? And Owen being Owen, he goes, no, I'd hop on one foot and go. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I, remember that. I love Owen for months. that, too. I love Owen for saying that, too. God bless both of them. God bless yeah, both of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but you know, thing, that popped. Uh, Papa Shango was really uh, for television. We were way ahead of the curve, or you were way ahead of the curve with that thing. And uh, you know, of course, it's turned out to be an iconic figure. Would did, is, where would you rank that? At, you know, one of your favorite uh, characters that you did. My favorite by far is the Godfather, and that's yeah. because that's me. That's I mean, you. Charles Wright Bear. God, that's the same person. My second would be Papa Shango. I wish, I wish I could do it again, and I wish that they maybe not not made it so not comical, but you know, maybe taken away a little bit of the voodoo and made it more. I don't know. Well, what it was, was little, it? It was it was way before its time. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It was, it was just uh, earth shaking at the time. It was way ahead of its time. I I I wasn't on so. Codes, uh, Broken Skull Ranch, where, where they showed what the reincarnation of, of Papa Shango was going to be. Uh, that, that was a character looking there, the, the all white. Uh, the reason uh, I would, I came and I came and come and came and go. I came and came back forth, whatever, a lot of times in the WWE. And it was because when I wasn't having fun, I would I always had the strip clubs in vegas always uh -huh. had a means of making money and so i would leave and they would call me back and ask me to have an idea i'm like no nah, i really don't want to do that i don't really want to do that you know so finally they came up with that one i'm like no oh, that's that's that sounds interesting but i already forgot the question because i was thinking about it. what was the question well it was the the, the reincarnation uh character okay that so you were going to come back they with, me, and they that's when you ended up going Go ahead. they said okay we're gonna let's try papa shango again but this time we're gonna make it more serious and more just more menacing and not so cartoonish, not that the other one was. 
And I'm like, I love it. So I got in shape and we got ready and we got an outfit all together. And I show up to TV ready to be Papi Shango. And they're like, hey, Vince wants to talk to you. And I'm like, cool, I want to talk to Vince, right? And so I go in there and talk to Vince. And Vince goes, Charles, change the plans. I'm like, change the plans? He goes, You're gonna, we're going to put you in the nation of domination. We're going to call you Kama Mustafa. He goes, you and Ron Simmons are going to wrestle Undertaker in a handicap match, and you're going to go over. And I'm like, okay, I, this is really what I said. I said, <laughs> I said okay, uh, do you have an outfit for me? <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> and he said, we had something made for you. He goes, we'll fill you in more later, but that's basically where we're at right now. And, wow. and so that's how I was put into the nation of domination. Yeah. I was there to be Papa Shango. Why are I get, I, you'd have to talk, you'd know more than me, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Why? But um, I just went with it. I'm like, as long as you pay me what you say you're going to pay with me, I'm, I'm here. Charles, that's, that's one of the great things I've always admired and respected about you. you, you your timing was impeccable. I mean, you, you, you did a character until you felt you yourself felt it wasn't right. Not not when uh, the office told you it wasn't right. It's when, when you had that feeling. We all have that feeling. Hey, we're just not getting it done anymore. This thing needs to be. Right. You would always take off and, and go out to, to Vegas, wherever, and reinvent yourself. And when you came back, you were something completely opposite, but completely relevant to what was going on. And and, uh, and that was always, always really cool to watch. Well, what's he going to be this time? You know, <laughs> you come in. But it was great every time you did it. Well, thank you. I, I had a lot of fun. I, I tried. Only what I didn't really dig was the good father. But yeah. that's just because they yeah. took the godfather away from me because uh, yeah. it's it's hard to be out there. Very few people get to go out there and actually be themselves, you know, themselves. And as the Godfather, it was so fun because I was being paid to just be myself. I was not scripted. Nobody was writing for me. I would have time of finish and everything else was up to me, whatever I wanted yeah. to do. It was really like that. Nobody yeah. was writing for me. Yeah, and let me so check. Let me check to see if my wife's around. No, but one of the greatest, <laughs> one of the greatest jobs I had during that time, I was a local promoter at that time and just barely getting to the office. But I would, I was in charge of going out to these strip clubs and buying, <laughs> buying the hose. So you know, I'd have a good bankroll on me, and so I was popular as hell with these five or six girls. <laughs> <laughs> So I'd always make the payoff, but I was smart enough not to make the payoff until the end of the night because I made a mistake a couple of times before. You know, they they go out with a boy, one of the guys and everything, and they disappear, you know. So, okay, you don't get paid until after you do your game. But that was a fun time that I had. Thank you. Bro, <laughs> I, I think that had to be one of the funnest times in the locker room. Is to have you know, the house shows <laughs> yeah. for all the boys to come when you're tired, you're beat up, you're well, you're drunk, you're over, you're having problems, and to come into work and have five or six strippers hanging out in the back with you. <laughs> I've had I've had building managers come to me, Briscoe. You got to go under the take a look under the bleachers and see what's going on with some of you. <laughs> so I had a ball, man. <laughs> the Godfather was good for the the fans. <laughs> The WWE and boys yeah, backstage, man. Oh my God! I wish you could tell some of them stories. <laughs> no kidding.
<laughs> hey, one time, Godfather, you had because a lot of times you had really good looking uh, hoes, and sometimes you yeah. didn't. So one time, Jerry, we're on a house show somewhere, and he's got some hoes that if tens the top, they were about ones, one one and a half. <laughs> they weren't so good. Dress dress like they're tens, but they're ones. And so Godfather goes, Godfather's like, what do I do? So he's talking to Ron. So he gets out there, and this is what he does. He gets on the microphone. And he goes, listen. Which one of you guys after a six pack wouldn't do one of these hoes? Everybody like, yeah. <laughs> I think I said, hey guys, these ain't my normal hoes, but be honest, how many after six pack y'all wouldn't do these hoes? Now come on. <laughs> and the whole place went from almost booing to going nuts. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, uh, I can imagine. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. Uh, Good one time time the host one time the host came in and they, they said where do we dress and somebody said oh that that restroom over there it says vince and so <laughs> they went in came right back out yeah. <laughs> and everybody disappeared <laughs> oh charles one of the highlights was also that you know back in those days uh, howard finkel every night they get a show report from either jay strongbow or uh or our jack land or or greer or, or renee whoever renee was really funny with some of them too and give us a show report and always i always look forward when it comes to the description of of the whole match of the godfather's match some of the wordies of it of course you guys know how eloquent uh jack land was so he He'd be very descriptive a lot of time. Or, or it's the strong, strong ball would just, you know, he wouldn't know what the hell was going on. But uh, reading read no those descriptions, and I remember Vince reading them a couple of times at production meetings, and we're just rolling and rolling in the aisle. <laughs> so you brought a lot, of, is, a lot of entertainment. Uh, what was cool is on, uh, on TV, I was rated X, but in house shows, I was triple X. Because uh-huh. there was no cameras on you, so I had a lot, lot of fun in the house shows with the girls. It was it's like triple X rated. Yeah, it's just Godfather. Godfather one. All right. All right. Godfather Go. one time was would say he goes, "We're gonna light this mother funker up." <laughs> All right. All right. Me and Ron are Charles. I really don't think you should say that on television. I mean, I think that somebody, no, 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 it's fine. I'm saying mother funker. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Johnny, were you part of that time in San Jose, my hometown, where I went to TV and I wasn't on the card and I went into yes. Vince's office? Were you there? What does every dog need? <laughs> yes, oh I was there. Oh, my God. Oh, I, my Jerry. Jerry, I got full of myself right now. Godfather's all over. And back then they had the signs. All the people had the signs. Right, and there yeah. used to be Godfather signs everywhere. Pippin' ain't easy, old train. And I, I got a little full of myself, right? And so I show up at TV in my hometown. I got all type of family there, friends there. Uh, guy from the Hells Angels is there. I got all type of friends there, right? I come in. I'm not on the card. <laughs> it's, a, it's a TV. I'm not anywhere on the card. There's no hoes. Oh, there was hoes. There was girls there, but I'm not on the card nowhere. So I'm like, no, man. I said, do they know who I am? I'm the godfather. You see all those signs out there? You see all these people wanting to see me and they're not going to have me on TV? I'm like, no, this is bullshit. I'm going to talk to Vince. So Ron and John are like, 
hey, man, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And I'm like, no, I'm the godfather. Did you see all those signs? These people chatting my name, my T-shirts are selling. I'm the godfather. So I, I go in there and talk to Vince, and I, I explain my side to Vince. He goes, you know, Charles, sometimes it's better not to be on TV than it is to be on TV. But I don't hear that. I don't, I don't hear that. I keep going. No, I'll, I, I got found out. Da, da, da. Once again, Charles, sometimes it's better not to be on TV than it is to be on TV. Don't want to hear it. Okay, okay. All right, I'll put you on TV. You want to be on TV? I'll put you on TV. So the new car comes up, right? Godfather, Triple H, no hose, one minute. <laughs> sometimes it's better. We're we're driving we're driving to the next town, and the whole way, Ron, out of the blue, would go, "Oh, what does every dog need?" I go, "Pedigree." <laughs> I, you, I remember going to Ron saying, "How do you, I didn't even know how to take the pedigree?" I didn't even know how to take the pedigree, right? Because it was like I was going to start talking. He kicks me. He pedigrees me. That's the whole match, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, I don't even know how to take the pedigree. And Ron goes, "All you have to do is." Keep your chin up, man. Keep your chin up. <laughs> hold your head up. You'll be fine. <laughs> it was so funny. He goes in there like it's Bruno Sabertino demanding. <laughs> hey, listen, sold out garden. I got to work. <laughs> he comes back and he just sits down. And Ron goes, what are you doing? Uh, working with Triple H. <laughs> what does ever dog need? I learned a lot that day. Bits, bits. Vince taught me a hell of a lesson that day. A hell of a lesson. <laughs> that was awesome. You know, Charles, what Tell me, before? Charles, sometimes it's better not to be on TV. Uh, he tried to tell me. He tried yeah. to tell me. I what I one time I one time I I, I heard you heard you talking at, to somebody that you were almost a um, NWO. Uh I just uh my contract was coming up with the WWE, and that was during the wars. Right. And Razor and all those guys had gone over there. So I'd worked out a deal with those guys to come in as uh, the bodyguard for them. They said, we're going to have you the first year, maybe a bodyguard break off into some wrestling. I'm like, cool, cool. So I'd worked out a deal with them and I wasn't going to resign with the WWE at the time. So all of a sudden, I mean, I'm calling this person and they're not calling me back. I'm calling Jim Barnett. He's not calling me back. I'm calling this one, calling that one. All of a sudden I'm watching the show. I see Virgil come out in that spot and so i'm not going to get into the reasons but they had chose uh to save money and go with virgil which i'm glad because they just clowned virgil in the first place but yeah was i was that, supposed to be that. was that the time that ron simmons gave you that really uh, smart advice that he gave ron told me when yeah when i was getting ready to go in there ron's like you don't want to go there man he goes that's that's not a use you're from the north you, you ain't used to dealing with these guys he goes i am he goes you have a hard time there and I'm like, well, I don't care. I'm not afraid of nobody. He's like, well, it's not about being afraid of nobody. He goes, you're, gonna be, you're not going to fit in there. You're not going to fit in with what they do there. He told me, don't go. <laughs> and so I always go. I always listen to what Ron has to say. It's always worked out. You know, uh, the one thing about Ron, you know, when he was uh, with the, the nation domination, I think people I'm going to the talk- picture for just a second. Uh-huh. Yeah, people talk about all, you know, the, the great factions of all time, you know, the NWO, the Freebirds the Four Horsemen, DX. But that Nation of Domination, that was one of the most imposing, intimidating factions I've ever seen. You look at the guys that were in it, once you add Mark Henry to it, we had four Hall of Famers. 
And D'Lo yeah. was a terrific worker, intercontinental champion, oh, European work. champion, fit win with everybody else. But that those four, five main guys, that was an intimidating faction. That had to be awesome. When you guys stood on stage. That was impressive. Wow. Did you get me a phone code for, yeah. for this in my room? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, yeah, man, it was, man, it was a hell of a group. Uh, I, I just physical, man. I have a feeling sooner or later, if they figure out what they're going to do with The Rock, I think that they'll put the nation of domination in the Hall of Fame once they figure out whatever his situation is. But I, I think it's a, a fact. I think it should be in the Hall of Fame, the nation. You know, what a group. Powerful, man. Just wow. I, I had a really good time in that group and met, became friends with everybody in that group except Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> well, he only lasted <laughs> about a day, didn't he? I remember I remember him going to Jerry just about the end of it. Jerry Bristow, he'll tell Jerry, I won't be the Blackstone Cold. I'm going to be the Blackstone Cold. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly like, right. Yeah, okay, you're going to be the Blackstone Cold. Yeah. All right. You remember that? I remember very clearly. I mean, I, you know, you look at the guy, I mean, he had the physical tools and everything that, that to require, but he just didn't get it, you know, inside that squared circle. And you can you can have all those opposing tools, but unless unless you get it up here too, you know, you you you're not gonna go anywhere. And yeah, I'm I'm stone cold. I, I can outdraw stone cold. Just just yeah. give me give me give me that gimmick. I can do it. <laughs> You know, the sad thing is Ron Ron Simmons really tried to help. Ron helped everybody. Ron helped me, D'Lo, The Rock. He, he, Mark Henry really helped Mark Henry um, to listen to him. And he tried to help Ahmed, but Ahmed didn't want to listen. Right. You know? But, hey. He only lasted a day or so, didn't he? I mean, he put him in. Uh, and, well, and we, he didn't we, last long. And then, hey, we had him. We had Remember, I, I don't think you're on that term, but we, we had him in, in, in a – Five, five, six day Kuwaiti tournament where he went down there. That's where he really started getting all the heat because we put him over that Kuwaiti tournament down there. And uh, and all the guys hated working with him. And I remember even the night we crowned him with the Sheik when we were presenting the, uh, the belt to him in, in, uh, in the center of the ring with the, with the Sheik, the main sponsor. He was upset about uh he wanted Undertaker to win the damn thing, <laughs> so, but he, he just he just didn't get it. And that was a shame because he had the tools to do it. He just and he didn't had, get he, it. He had to help. You know, I mean, it wasn't like you know you guys were trying to help him either. I mean, he was getting advice from everywhere, but he just he wasn't listening. He, he just he he, he knew and he then had when that Ron had it with him. The best is when Ron had it with him, and then it's either you or Vince we were talking to, and they said, "Well, how do you want to get him?" Ron just basically said, "I want him out." I don't, I want him out. I don't know if it was you or Vince. And, uh, we, and you said, how do you want to do it? Ron said, we going to jump him out. We're going to beat his ass. And Ron, (laughs) when we did Ron beat him, Ron could get a little heavy with that strap. He used to have. He he beat me one time with it pretty hard. All right. He, he hit Ahmed so hard. I felt sorry for Ahmed and he was just he was riding the horse. You know? But yeah, man, he just didn't get it. It's too bad. But the nation, wow. strong, powerful. Wow. You know? Hey, let me ask you guys a question. If there was a nation like that today, would they be baby faces or heels? Baby faces. They'd be baby, baby faces. Yeah. Baby I think the ex would probably be heels. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. I mean, if you put a, a nation together like that now, that I, I don't think there's any doubt. That that group 
if, if they were now, now they'd be baby faces. No doubt oh, about yeah. it. They were, they oh, were that, just that good. You could, there's nothing to boo. You know, it's like the, yeah. the free birds back in Texas, you know, people loved them. The only time they booed them was when they fought the Von Erics, but they loved the right. free birds were that good. You know, you guys were that good. Hey, I want to ask uh, you a question. Uh, that was, I think your wife, uh, Denise, but I want to ask you about uh, this picture. <laughs> from, that is that is at my wedding to my wife now that we've been married 21 years that was 21 years ago john wow Unbelievable. i can't believe Las it was that Vegas, long ago at my wedding ron and john and their wives showed up ron and john dressed as pimps and their wives dressed as hoes <laughs> and then take her take her in a white shirt is enough that's yeah. itself and Jerry, we, we come in, we come in about five minutes late and we're thinking, you know, this is, this is going to be really funny or we're going to get tons of heat. Thank yeah. God everybody <laughs> thought it was funny. We come in with canes dressed like this, <laughs> dressed like this, <laughs> come good. into his wedding late <laughs> and dressed as Godfather, <laughs> dressed like yeah, this. Oh, that's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. That was so much fun. <laughs> We we it took us all day in Vegas to find all that stuff. Me and Ron got out there early. We had it planned for weeks. We're gonna show up as as uh, pimps, and then our wives said, "Okay, it, we're gonna we're gonna show up as hoes." And we showed up uh, late into the wedding with our canes, walking in like we owned the place. <laughs> it was great. And, and me and Denise are still married and doing well. So see, absolutely, <laughs> <It's a good laughs> she's a great lady. Oh yeah, she just saved me. My phone was dying. Great. Hey, uh, Godfather, you remember the one time uh, you were wrestling with Ron? I don't know why I'm jumping around all over the place here, but uh, I already know what lock- you're going to say. <laughs> go ahead. Go to, go to lock up with Ron, and all of a sudden, Godfather hits the ropes, hits the ropes, hits the ropes, hits the ropes, and Ron's sitting there just looking at him, go back and forth, and then he goes to lock up again. Godfather takes off again, goes and hits the ropes, hits the ropes, hits the ropes, hits the ropes and Ron goes, stop. And now they're both just stopped. He goes, now, what do you want to do? Uh, <laughs> just like that, God goes, I'm sorry, Ron, I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> and Ron in that same match, is that, I, don't tag me. <laughs> in that same match, I took an arm drag from you, and you said, that is possibly the worst arm drag I've ever seen somebody <laughs> yeah. do in my life. <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Man, every time Godfather tagged in, me and Ron are trying to get each other in the ring. Ron attacked me. I attacked him. <laughs> Ron goes, you deal with him. I go, I don't want to deal with him. He's too big. <laughs> I, I, I remember hitting the ropes, hitting the ropes. Ron going, stop. He said, now, I don't know what it is you want to do, but whatever it is, you need to tell me. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm sorry, Ron. I'm high, man. I'm, just, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> but I remember that match. I took an arm drag from you. And I don't, I don't know what I thought I was taking, but it wasn't the right thing. <laughs> Charles, you do Ron better than Ron does Ron. I'll tell you that. Oh, just great stories and great times, yeah. man. You know, and great, and great, people, great, great people. I have to say, you know, John and I have talked about this several times with several different guests. You know, people always thought, you know, it was the Click and BSK and other groups and everything. And there was disharmony backstage. But that group of people, I mean, everybody in those dressing rooms, we're all brothers. I mean, it, it was yeah. a it was a harmony all the time. There was that wasn't that competition. I've heard I've heard it described as 
well, we like to play dominoes, so we we hung out with those. We, these guys I like to go out and party at night, so they hung out with them. I mean, it, that's just how it was. You just went to where you felt the most comfortable, and it wasn't it wasn't a wasn't a rivalry th- type thing as a friendship thing. I was just as much friends as with DX and the Click, you know. But the guys in the BSK are the guys that we hung out together. We played dominoes. We rode together. We went to the clubs. Strip, you know, that was the strip club crew. Our crew was the strip club crew. <laughs> you know, but no, there was no friction. We, we were all friends. And that's what's different now. When I go, and I'm not here to shit talk anybody, but when I go there now, it just seems so business. It's a business now. And even though it was a business back then, we were friends and we were family. And even though I didn't like that mother over there, if we were in a fight, I'd go fight with them. And it was just more, we were just, I don't know, it was more family back then. And today it just seems more like a business, if that makes any sense. You know, I think one of the differences, I I don't think I would like it today. I think one of the differences, you know, they create their own brand on social media, you know, so they have to spend a lot of time doing that. And that's very valuable for these guys. You know, if you've got a million or two followers, million followers you can go anywhere because you got this huge brand so they've got to keep up with that brand we didn't have anything like that you know (laughs) you guys play dominoes we had nothing else to do (laughs) that that was it we're we're just back there we had no cell phones we they came in later we had no internet we had no no emails nothing it was just us so we had to hang out with each other and entertain each other and that's why you have so many great stories from our generation and why today's generation, at least in my opinion, from what I've seen, is kind of <laughs> lost a little bit because they've got to keep up with their brand, which is, I understand it's valuable, right. but yeah. you do miss out on that interaction that you have right. with the rest of the guys. Let me tell you when I knew things had changed. And um, me and whoever, I were coming in late at night one night, and uh, all of a sudden we hear, get him, give it to him, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? It's a party going in this room, right? <laughs> and yeah, yeah, give it to her. Give it to her. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, you know, I know it's one of the boys. It sounds like Devo and Christian and Edge and, and Testa. I'm like, what the fuck is these guys at an orgy or Rick? So I go in there and I pop the door open, right, and expected to see this wild freakathon where girls are naked and people are going in there. Guess what I see? I see all these guys playing video games. <laughs> and they're making all these noise playing these video games. And I never played a video game in my life. And I'm like, what the hell? And I, I had a hard time understanding that, that they'd rather be playing video games than go to the strip club. So that's when things started changing, you know. And that's when, you know, PlayStations, Xbox, Madden, all that stuff. And uh, it, that changed a lot of things, too. But it was crazy to me. I, I expected to see a wild sex party in that room going there to the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> give it to him yeah take that, take that. yeah uh, give it to him you know I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah because we had some of the wildest nights ever i mean we we had the regular bars we had the regular places we went i mean it was it was the wild west back then you know and but plus we didn't have we didn't have the you know cell phones where people could take pictures of us i mean the first yeah. time i got took a picture of us we were in like the nashville airport or something just sitting there having a drink in the afternoon and some guy took a picture and Taker told the manager, goes, hey, have him delete that off his phone. And the guy, one of the guy goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, delete it off his phone. Yeah. You do that now, you do that now, <laughs> you'd be on freaking TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. You know? <laughs> I am glad there wasn't social media around back then because we'd been in some trouble. <laughs> <laughs> we'd have been in a lot of trouble. We'd have been in a lot of trouble. 
So Godfather, now you, you, you've got your own cannabis line. You've got, uh, you're out of the strip club business, right? Your equity stake it was is sold. And so you're living just large now, right? Yes, I'm, I'm involved in the cannabis. Imagine me being involved in the can- cannabis community. I can't but yeah, I have my own strength. I wish I had a, a bag in front of me here, but I don't. Uh, it's I called don't Insane too. Godfather. It's done with Be Real. And Be Real is the lead singer uh, rapper for Cypress Hill. I'm sure most people know that. But he owns what is called Dr. Green Thumb dispensaries in California. There's eight of them all throughout California. And my brand is called Insane Godfather. It's a collaboration that I did with him. And it's something I picked out. I had a lot to do with the, the taste, the flowering and everything. And it's my brand. It's put out through Insane Godfather, but it can only be bought at Dr. Green Thumb dispensaries in California. They don't sell it at other dispensaries because the Insane brand is a uh, premium brand and they only sell it at Dr. Green Thumbs. That's the only place you can get it. You know, it's funny, Jerry, when we used to ride, me and Ron weren't smokers. You know, we, we'd drink beer, but we weren't smokers. So Teddy and Godfather would usually ride in the front if they heard some of the thing. Me and Ron would be in the back. We would stop at Bob Evans, and those guys would get, like, chicken breast and stuff like that. We'd get, me and Ron would get cakes and pies because we got a second-hand high. We're be high as a guy. Never smoked anything, <laughs> but we we almost had a chicken to a secondhand clinic. Yeah. Oh, See, I, speaking of secondhand highs, I you know I, I, I've been around the world. I'm old. Uh, we all agree on that. I'm old, and so I, I've I've challenged a lot of guys in my time. So I'm talking my big talk and all that stuff, and then Charles uh, says, "All right, kid, when you come to Las Vegas, I'll show you what what where you want to be." I up the yeah, sure, sure you will, sure you will. So me and another good friend of all three of us, we were in in the hotel room in Las Vegas. Hey man, let's call Charles. What a mistake, you know. We'd already had a few drinks. What a mistake. So we got a bottle of Jack. Now thirty minutes later, there's this knock on the door. We open the door. We were in a nice size room. He goes over and he clears off this dining room table. I mean, just clears it off. Opens it, unzips his bag, opens it up, and proceeds to pour out all this stuff on the table. Well, this one here will do this. This one here. Well, hey, let's try them all. Charles said, you sure you want to do that? Of course, yeah, I want to do it, man. I don't know how many I got through, but it wasn't all of them. And he was laughing on his way out. <laughs> you remember that, Charles? Yeah. I remember you. And I remember the other person, too. <laughs> yeah. We won't we will get him in trouble. No. And then, no. Then, 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 then the poor guy, he's passed away. Uh, he, he made all the CACs and Cauliflower out of the uh, club meetings and all the stuff up at Dan Gable Museum. We all we ended up one night. I had CAC out in Vegas. We ended up in Charles's room. He'd rented a room for the night because he knew his. Uh, so we're, we're all up there. And he got this. I mean, John, I, I've been around, but I, when Charles shows up, there's tools that come out that I don't have a clue what they are, but I'm willing to try them. <laughs> so he starts taking them out. And so we pass it around. So I come to this one guy. He stands up. He's about 6'3. He got that ball, and man, he's hitting it. Charles, he's hitting it. And Denise is sitting over there by me, and she, she's got to elbow me. He ain't going to make it through this thing. So he, he just as he passes it, 
He does a face dive right on the heater, busts himself wide freaking open. Now we're all messed up. We got this guy, that old man, too, that's bleeding like a stuffed pig. What are we going to do with him? Which just puts a coat towel on him, rolls him out of the damn door. And of course, Denise goes to hey. take dresses it up. And take yeah. Care of it. <laughs> hey, I, I told him, he's like, oh, I do this. I do that. I'm like, listen, dude, I know you think. I'm like, but this is the real deal. This is this is the real stuff. All right. So he took a big rip. And all of a sudden, he just put it. He went. He took the hit and just went. Boom. So it's not wise to make challenges that you that you can't cash in. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, one time we're in Buffalo. We're at the Marriott in Buffalo, and me and Ron go out. Godfather's not with us for some reason. We Visceral was right next door to him in a room. And uh, we, me and Ron come in like at 1 or 2 o'clock when the bar's closed. And we still want to drink something. There's nothing to drink. We can't find no booze, no nothing. We're, we're round up, ready to go. So we go bang on his door. He's sound asleep. So Godfather, get up. We're going to smoke with you. He goes, okay, guys, come on in. So uh -oh. he opens up the door. An hour later, Jerry, <laughs> me and Ron are so high. <laughs> we say, Charles, can we leave? We're sorry we woke you. <laughs> and he just laid in bed. And says, can we go to bed? <laughs> we'll never bother you again. <laughs> never. <laughs> I can hear Rod now. Just leave him alone, man. You, I'm telling you, oh, you yeah. don't want to smoke with him. Just leave him alone. He, leave him alone. Leave him alone. We thought, and they we say, thought Godfather, it was a good we idea. We're going to get you so high, Godfather. You're not going to be able to walk. We're going to, I got that. that. Rod be like, leave him alone. Y'all don't know. <laughs> I would leave the room. They'd all be sleeping stuff, and I'd be getting the last stuff in the little bag and roll my last couple of joints and walk out the room. <laughs> Jerry, you remember SummerSlam when Jesse Ventura was there in Chicago? Oh, oh yeah. Snoop, Snoop Dogg was there. So I walk in, and Kane, is the mayor of Knox County, is well, standing no. back, you know, looking in the area where the dressing rooms are, up where you go to grill this way, the dressing rooms this way. And he's just sitting there like he's watching their car wreck. <laughs> and he goes, come here. Just come here. So I walk over there. I said, what is it? And I get there. You got to be kidding me. And Snoop Dogg is right next to Governor Ventura. He was governor at the time. So the whole bottom area smells like weed. And me and Glenn are just sitting there watching it. Jesse Ventura comes out and gets his catering. He goes, yep, boys are still the boys. Turns around and walks back in. <laughs> I, I've, I've been so many nights with Jesse in St. Louis. After he got elected governor, I was sending texts, and he sent me one. He called me. He called me after I sent him one certain. He said, "He said, be very careful what you texted me now." Okay, I'm governor now. So right. I said, "I got it." <laughs> so I didn't text him no more because I was afraid to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, John, that that day with Snoop, Snoop. Uh... Uh, he, he's like, hey, you want? He's like, you want to smoke? And I'm like, yeah, I want to smoke. So I grab. I'm not going to mention no names, but I grabbed three or four of the other guys, and just like I, John I know said, who they were. We, <laughs> huh? Yeah, we go in the room, right? We're not going to say their names. I'm not going to say their names, but there, yeah. I got three or four other guys that they're with me, and we're just blazing up in the room. I mean, you know me, John. You know I don't care. I don't. They, they've been putting up with me forever, so I'm in there blazing. We're all blazing. And so after a while, it's just like fire alarms are going off and stuff. So now we got to go out of the room. 
Now everybody's afraid because there's Vince's office. Jesse's here. Everybody's afraid. I'm like, I ain't afraid. I'll go out that motherfucker. So I walk, I, I go outside, I kick my stand. I go outside, open the door. There's Jesse, there's Vince, there's Bruce, there's this one, there's Linda. And they all look at me like, and I'm like, hey, don't look at me. Snoop Dogg's in here. <laughs> and I just walked through and the rest of the guys would not leave the room until it was all clear. And you know what? I never, here's the funny thing, Jerry, and you might know better. I never heard one thing from anybody about that. Uh, nobody, I was, I was expecting no. to get, nope. Nobody ever, nobody ever said nobody, anything no. to me about it. Well, it was a godfather. Nobody's going to say anything. And Snoop Dogg. And Snoop Dogg, yeah. Like, hey, you guys are the ones that brought him here, not me. Don't yeah. be mad at me. I mean, was, was it WrestleMania where you were going in and we had to party in my room there that afternoon? Then we had oh. to rush around and find all the air, air sprays. And yes. uh, we, were, we had to disconnect the... Uh, the fire alarm because we thought we were going to set them off. With a, a John, there was a group in my group in my hotel room that to this day I don't know who they were. <laughs> <laughs> one was like Mystic. It was a rapper. I forget what his name was. It was, it was, it was rapper, a rapper, yeah. then that cash flow guy. Yeah. And yeah. then we were just in there. Yeah, and then the guy that and the guy that puts on all those the little uh waylay or whatever name is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Waylay yeah. or something. Yeah, but yeah. we were in there, John. We must have smoked ten blunts in Jerry's room. <laughs> At least ten in his room. I'm, usually, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not usually very afraid when we do things like that. But that, I mean, that, that whole floor. We walked out, and so we yeah. saw some of those cleaning carts, and so the big thing is I didn't want to get charged $250 right. for, you know, uh, a fee to, to come in and exterminate the damn thing. So we're going around all those damn, uh, uh, house made, uh, carts and stealing, uh, the air, their air fresheners that we emptied out about 10 gallons of that. And you could still smell it uh, all the way down to the elevator shaft there. But there were some times and you mentioned earlier, and I'm sure you were part of taker, and Cypress Hill over in Germany, you know, that story there. Was you a part of that one? I was not there. I know all about it, but I wasn't yeah. there. Well, what a night that was. I remember I was in charge of that next morning. I mean, nobody, none of us got any sleep. But uh, Cypress Hill, of course, was passed out. They 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 didn't hang with the, with Mark and 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 the crew and uh, those and guys. Uh, those guys come walking out of there, take her and everything, like you know, like they've been sleeping all night instead of. Drinking all night. <laughs> uh, me and Taker used to live by, we'll sleep when we're dead, Beth. And uh, <laughs> I, I got it like three weeks ago. I was on a four day uh, hunting, not hunting, shooting, uh, golfing function with him. And I, I we had a really good uh, time. But one night we decided to do it like old times and me and him drank wow. three bottles of Jack Daniels. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Three bottles. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. Ask him, next time you see him, just ask him. It cost him about $40,000. We were at an auction, right? <laughs> it was, I can't, it didn't take me too long. It's, it's a military thing. He's a part of a thing called Driveline. It's a military company that makes t shirts for everybody, from Nike to everybody, but they do donate so much to the military. And they, they built, they, uh, they give away so many houses to the handicapped military people, and they give grants, and they give, they really do a lot for the military. So they had me, Taker, and a bunch of people there. So there's an auction, right? So yeah. take three bottles of Jack in. 
the next day, I'm, I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to get in trouble. But yeah, he uh, and Jack Dad just cost him a lot of money. <laughs> and these other fools, you know, because everybody at these tables, I don't have, I have a little bit of money, but I don't have Mark money. Right. And so uh, they were all bidding against each other. And he got up to like 25 grand on this trip. And I was like, wow. And he wanted, that he bought a fire helmet for like ten thousand dollars, <laughs> <laughs> but it was all for charity that goes to this, right. which is cool. But yeah. I'm sure that uh, uh, those three bottles of Jack that we drank had something to do with that. <laughs> well, well, Charles, you've been on here. I, I, I poured me a little glass here in the beginning, and I'm waiting for for a toast there. And I think John's got one too. So, well, man, where's mine? I, I don't know, but you, when you text me, you told me to make sure we had a shot of Jack Daniels. I, so I, I, went, I, man. I went and, and bought I, a bottle of Jack. Oh, wait, you guys talk for one second. I got a bottle and, of Jack. I, I, I got gentleman Jack here, by the way. Well, normally, okay, look, can you see that? Normally, I have gentleman Jack, but it's out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to reach over here. We're going to go get something else. Hey, Jerry, I you got back. I got back from New York late, late, late last night. Uh, and so I really just get going. But I just finished this bottle of gentleman, Jack. <laughs> Have you guys ever tried this? It's what is it? American honey. No. No. I hear it's, it's, it's good. No. It's yeah. wild turkey with the little honey in it. Ooh. You serve it frozen. Wow. It's really, really good. Wow. Really? So I'm going to. There we go. Cheers. Cheers, good guys. Friends. Good friends. Cheers, guys. Oh, that tasted good. Mm. And didn't uh, have to gargle it like we used to. Can you tell me, uh, uh, Steve asked me, why did we do that? Besides Kurt wanting you to do it, was there a reason that we did it? I don't think so. I just knew ever since I got in the business, people said gargle Jack. I mean, you know, in WWE, not, not in the territories, but in WWE, it was always gargle Jack. Do you think that it was like a rib? Do you think somebody ripped somebody one day? No, and no. Where it, it. it comes, it, it's an old wives' tale. Back in the before medicine days, that's what you used to do to get well. If you had a sore throat or you had congestion or something like that, even kids, the parents would have, you know, and then it evolved. The rich people had the brandy. We had the, we had the, the whiskey to the jack, you know. So your, your parents would pour you a little half a shot of, of jack gargle it you couldn't drink it you just had to gargle it and spit it out that's where that comes okay. from years ago <laughs> see you, so learn you, you, every you, day. you get a little history and a little knowledge on these shows so it's just not all fluff you know <laughs> hey i i didn't know that i've always wondered why i, I thought it was a rib they just ribbed you hey gargle it but yeah uh, yeah it's an old wild tale because yeah, we jack. used to pass the bottle of jack on the bus and guys it was always you had to gargle it before you yeah. before you drank it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we the didn't want you get the boys. The boys didn't want you getting sick, man. <laughs> I always thought I always thought that it was to keep people that were faking the funk and acting like they were drinking and not yeah. really drinking and pour yeah. it out, make you gargle it, make sure you yeah. drink it. Yeah. It, it could know. have been because guys uh guys would pour it out. Guys were yeah. we get scared by the end of the night. And, you know, yeah. I was I was just figured, you know, if I die, I die. <laughs> John, you weren't a, you if you make it to the drink. If you make it to the end of the night, you got it made. It's that starting out that always scared me. <laughs> Johnny, you weren't a big whiskey drinker. You were beer, right? Mostly beer. Yeah, me, me and Ron were just beer. 
Just beer. We 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 just like the light beer. We we drink beer all night. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know you. I've seen you and him. I've seen you two go through a case of beer in the back of a car real quick with me and Teddy driving. <laughs> so I I, oh, I yeah. know how fast you guys can drink beer. Teddy would always count our beers, always. And we didn't know he was, but he'd count them all the time. He goes, you guys had 28 beers last night. 28 beers. <laughs> Teddy. Yeah. You ain't got nothing better to do than to count our beers. <laughs> and you guys would handle it well, too, man. You would never know it. You know, maybe yeah, after we 30 or 40, but you wouldn't even know it. I mean, <laughs> you guys, hey, it is what it is, you know, but uh, I just had such good times with you guys and that company. And, you know, I never worked for no other company than that. Yeah. He, he, you never he, worked uh, for WWE. Mm-mm. No, never went. Never went. I when I once I came to WWE in '95, I stayed with them ever since. Never really thought about going anywhere else. Had some chances, you know, later, you know, around whatever, uh, late late after mm-hmm. 2010 or something to go somewhere. I never, I never considered it really. You know, just, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why we're still around. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> and what a great time we had! It was just such good times, man. It was just yeah. so much fun. Good people, people have no idea. No idea. Yeah. Well, Godfather, thank you so much for coming on, man. It, it's, it really is. Jerry and I were so oh. excited when you're going to come on and you've been such a good friend of mine. And man, we wrestled each other so many times in every character and we drove together for years and we're still good friends. Uh, yes, we are. Just, and that's a friendship I really cherish. So, so thank you very much for, for coming on. Oh man, my pleasure. You two are two of my favorite people, man. Let's just keep doing our thing, man. <laughs> yeah, that's it, brother. I can't wait to see you again. I hope it's out in Vegas, but if not, I, I'll cherish the moment wherever it is. They've always been a great friend, and we've we've had all three of us have had some great time together. So we we're blessed to have each other's company during those times, man. Thanks so much, Charles, for your time. We know you're international traveler now, and good luck on your cannabis industry. And I hope that thing blows up like crazy. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate both of you guys, man. Nothing but love to everybody. Love you, my brother.